everybody has left. I mean, the place is still absolutely full. Well, they've been waiting too long for this to leave. I mean, you don't wait all those years, all this time, and then finally get it and then leave early. They're going to stay. I mean, the players won't even want to leave the field. That's going to be it. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Outback Quarterback Podcast. It is a great day because for the first time in a number of weeks, all three of us are back together in the same room. Chris Hall, welcome back to the studio. Thanks, Curtis. Uh, it's good to be here, mate. I'm actually, I was actually really excited for today. I haven't seen you guys in. Well, it was three weeks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's three weeks from the, today. Uh, the drive up the hill, mate. Yeah, the drive. Just, uh, I didn't miss home. the drive, to be honest. But. <laughs> It's a long saga, wasn't it? Like, I was sick, and then you were sick, and then right as you were getting better, you found out it was COVID, which added another week on it. I still feel like I'm with the effects of it hanging around as well. So long COVID, long COVID. It's just that cough. The cough gets you. That's all right. We'll edit all the coughs out. Beautiful. Uh, There's been great. There's been one strong, stable, consistent healthy QB though that's uh, you know just because the QB is playing doesn't mean he's playing well and we'll get into your performance from from last week (laughs) actually that's a good place to start so I'm your QB two Curtis DeVoy here we go this will be good to my right is QB three Matt Maven you (laughs) You know what you pumped him down two spots to my left is QB one Chris Hall he's not happy I'm not sure how he can be QB one having been basically on IR for the last three weeks well he's now fit and ready to go and he's back we're rushing him straight back (laughs) we we went off the rails last week Doss and a lot of listeners enjoyed the tension but a lot of them were very (laughs) very critical of uh, your refusal to play along in in the segment. So whilst I get up um, Nugget Hall's email about about last week, is there anything you want to say in your pre-defence? Maybe an apology to the listeners, to, to us. <laughs> Why would I apologise to any of the listeners for? So for those who, who, who didn't perhaps listen or have forgotten, we went through our, uh, our quarterback, our elite quarterbacks last week and, and who we rated as an A-grader um, as elite and we we – Got into quite an argument about it. Um, Doss, I think, was applying different criteria to Hawley and I. Uh, so I've had a few messages. I'm just going to read out one, and that's from from Nugget. So he thinks, you know, the obvious three, as we all agreed, Brady, Rogers, Mahomes. Then there's the new kids on the block, Josh Allen. He, he belongs in there, Justin Herbert. Um, he liked the stats that I mentioned and said on the back of those and a couple of other reasons. There's no way we could have left him out. Joe Burrow, he put in there, did the ACL, came back, and... Um, you know, after his first year doing an ACO and then took his franchise to the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford, he had in there. Uh, but <laughs> the one thing he did want to highlight was he said, after listening to the episode on my lunch break, I nearly had to go home on stress leave. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, Fantastic. the fact that Doss had the audacity to change the narrative of the topic to suit his grades is astounding. Is he the new Skip Bayless? <laughs> this is the kind of thing that Skip Bayless does. The QB role has gone to his head. I've never heard p- poor Kurt so stressed in his life. Hashtag pray for Kurt. <laughs> Hashtag pray for Kurt. So Nugget even rang me during the... He's never rang me in his life. Yeah, right? he called you. He yeah. called me and he um, he just said, you know, you're generally a pretty calm guy. I've never heard you so animated and so annoyed. So <laughs> yeah, well, just if know. that was your objective, Doss... Yep. You achieved it. Yeah, that's right. Healthy debate and discussion. It was. It was. Look, I think it was good listening in the end. But um, I have to remember, we can't just sit here and all agree. Because I, I could have easily have said, yep, yeah, sure, throw Burrow. And the only then probably grey area would have been Stafford. So then that's all we would have spoken about because we would have just agreed on everything else. Well, at the end of the day, Doss, you QB3 now, so you're so, Oh, well, that's fine. I'll just work my way back up like I did last time. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Well, you've been QB1 a lot more than I have anyway. But we're going to put that all aside. All right. We've, we've buried the hatchet now. Is there anything else you want to say on it, Doss, or are we all good? No. Nah, let's just good? wait for the season to start when we start grading quarterbacks. <laughs> when we start grading wide receivers. Um, might take a bit of a break before we get to, <laughs> get to that. Now, we're going to bury that hatchet and we're all good because today is the positivity episode. All right. It's the positivity episode. We're happy. We flagged this last week. There's <laughs> there's a lot of negative news in the in the world and in the NFL, and we've argued and 
you know, we've had all sorts of dramas. Today is all good. Things we like, players we love watching, things we're looking forward to. And that's why it's the positive. Well, you know why it's good, Kurt? Because I've rolled in today and our QB1, Chris Hall, has bought me a, a Twix bar. He has. So what I'm if? good. So I'm happy. And he bought lollies for the table? And he we, bought lollies. Yeah, I, mean, I think, that, I think that's break. what you know, had me up and about. It's just good to be back, boys. I was just excited to be here and thought, hey, let's share the love a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. And we've all got our gifts. We've got our um, the hats yep. that I bought for everybody for American Connection. Very yep. generous, wasn't Thank, that? Yeah, you're very generous, Curtis. <laughs> Thank you. And speaking of generosity, American Connection, which who, who we bought the hats from, uh, they have chucked in another hat. I've got a nice little free American Connection flat cap, yeah, which is pretty cool. So thank you to those guys. Um, now... Let's get into the headlines because there's a little bit going up. <laughs> All right. Two big headlines. Cooper Cup re-signed with the LA Rams. Aaron Donald re-signed with the LA Rams. And that goes with the Matt Stafford re-signing of earlier in the year. Uh, we're not going to go into that now because, Doss, you're going to run us through the LA Rams salary cap situation and these big re-signings in a bit more detail later on in the show. Um, another big money move this week. The Denver Broncos were bought for $4.65 billion, Holy, by the 77-year-old heir to the Walmart throw, ro- throne, Robson Walton. Um, now, there's a few other big sales and, and um, sporting transactions that have gone on in recent years, Holy, How does this $4.65 billion purchase of the Broncos compare? Uh, well, it is... Head and shoulders above any other purchase in terms of any sporting team um, in in America that well for that under. Um, but the big thing that stands out is that the Bolin family owned the Broncos from 1984. Pat Bolin obviously passing away in 2019, and that's now led to the the sale of the Broncos. But they bought it for 78 million dollars in 1984. Wow! So they uh, it, it turned out to be quite a good investment, Curtis. It's like how my my parents bought their house for thirty nine thousand dollars. <laughs> it's a similar situation. <laughs> still hanging on to it. There's still more value in that place. Just gonna. <laughs> but the thing that I, I did find, according to Forbes, there were some valuations of some NFL teams, mm-hmm. and they've got Dallas Cowboys, Dos, your team. Mm. Your oh boys, yeah, my team. Six point yeah. five billion. That's what Forbes have got them rated at or, or worth. Patriots sits at five billion. Um, and then they've got the Broncos in 10th spot sitting at $3.7 billion. Oh, he's, he's reached. So he's reached by <laughs> almost a billion dollars. Um, but judging by, you know, a lot of these stats, I, I, I can't think, I don't think you're going to go wrong with buying an NFL franchise. Well, um, that, I mean, that seems to be the way that like in a world where we've had um, a bit of turmoil and potentially some more economic turmoil to come over the next few years, there's... Sport seems to be untouchable as far as value and well, NFL seems to be untouchable because mm. last well, twenty twenty one of the top twenty five telecasts in America in twenty twenty one twenty three of them were NFL games. Wow! So that includes everything you know, basketball, the playoffs, and more like Major League Baseball, ice hockey, um, and out of the, the the only other two that were in, I was going to um, ask that. What are they? That like were the so one was probably President one. Biden's yeah. inauguration, and nice. then another one was um, I think I read it was Will and Kate's interview on Oprah or something. That was really that Will was, and Kate, not um, Harry and Meghan. Maybe it was Harry. Yeah, it was Harry and Meghan. That's yeah, one. Okay. I don't really follow the royal family, so. Um, well, listen to there. my other podcast for that. I got all the <laughs> listen to the other <laughs> podcast for that. Um, that were the other two, so that kind of makes wow. sense. That um, yeah, yeah, people are willing to pay that much money for an NFL franchise. Crazy, mm. huge TV numbers. Um, all right, that's the Broncos sale. Uh, not as big news here, but still important. People want to hear OTA drama. So every year we have a few players that don't show up. Uh, for the main reason being they hold out because they are awaiting a new contract, awaiting a payday, and the way that they um, influence their team to pay them that money is by not going to training until they do. So DOS, uh, DK Metcalf of Seattle Seahawks didn't show up last week. Alan Lazard you're from your boys, the Packers, and a team that can ill afford to lose another Self, wide receiver. Self, he'll selfish. Show he'll show up. He'll, he'll show up, I'm sure he will. But um, a few other big names holding out from OTAs at the moment. They'll all show up eventually, by the way. They're just playing it. Debo Samuel is still uh, hasn't signed. There are reports that he's been offered. I, I did see some numbers around a hundred hundred mil contract, which I think was for three years. But I, ha- I don't know if that's officially been uh, signed yet. So he still hasn't participated in in practice yet or attended mini camps. Um, and he hasn't really spoken to the media since he sort of requested that trade, mm. which was around the, uh, I think it was the first or second day of the draft by memory. So 
Um, there's not really much else uh, there. Uh, another important one, uh, Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys as well is another one who had a pretty good year last year and they franchise tagged him, mm. they, the Cowboys, in March. Very, very handy tight end. Mm, because he wants a long-term deal. He's 25 uh, and he's on a $10.93 million franchise tender, which is locked in for this season, but that's it after that. So he's he's uh, wants a long-term commitment. Because the tight end position, just on that quickly, the tight end position is an interesting one because if you are the best tight end in the building, a lot of the time there's a big gap between you and tight end too. You know, like wide receivers. Normally, have, yeah. yeah. You don't you usually have two. It's, you basically have an elite tight end or you've got a couple of probably average ones, I would say. Yeah, and I would yeah. say like wide receivers, for example, you, you need two or three quality ones, whereas yes. you can get by with one really quality tight end. So yep. they do have them over a barrel a little bit. Yeah. So... Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what happens. I think you'll play. Um, well, interesting. So if he, we've got um, Cowboys mini campers this week. So if he doesn't, if he doesn't attend that, he's actually uh, subjected to fines per his contract. That's right. It's a daily fine for every day they don't yes. show up for training, right? Yeah. So who was the last player or big name player that held out and then didn't come back? Was it Le'Veon Bell a few years yeah, ago? Bell, I think, yeah. was a, the big one because he sat out like the whole season. He sat out the whole season and yeah. didn't get picked up by anybody else and then his career fell apart. He never got close to those heights again. Had some time with the Jets, some time yeah, with the Chiefs. And he, returned, he came back with the Jets, didn't he, after yeah, that? Yeah, Jets and then the Chiefs got him for a few games near playoffs and, yeah, just his career was done. Yeah. D'Antonio Brown, was he another one? Yes, but he's hard to sort of place because he or always has it? so many other dramas going yeah, on. You can't tell. Is it because of the contract or is it because his feet have got frostbite? Or <laughs> Doesn't like the helmet. Now, you, you mentioned Metcalf at the start, Chris. Um, Curtis, sorry. But um, what you didn't mention is that he's actually still recovering from foot surgery as well. Mm-hmm. So um, there's – and if he skips all three days of his men in camp, as you mentioned with, with shorts before, so – uh, Metcalf can actually be fined up to $93,000 now in the scheme of his contract. No, that's all three days. So that's right, not okay. a day. So it's still 30K a day. Yeah. so Just, just 30K a day. Um, he's still holding out, obviously, with so many <laughs> that's wide receivers. That's what I rec- find you guys for not showing up to the pod. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so many wide receivers uh, have been paid in this offseason. Uh, Terry McLaurin from the yes. Commanders, who I like a lot, Scary mm. Terry. Uh, he's another one that's holding out. So a lot of these wide receivers... Um, are looking to get paid. And, um, and do you think that's because with, of the way the market yes. shifted? So they've seen guys get paid, like Cup eventually got paid, Adams got paid, a few Hill. others have, Hill. Yeah. And now they're going, well, it, it benefits me just to wait longer and see what they can give me. And we saw um, two days, or I think it was yesterday, from the Raiders as well got paid. Renf, Renf, Hunter. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro yes, got paid as well. So he got uh, a nice two-year, I think it was two years, mm. forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, but he also got uh, some nice, uh, nice bag of money there too. So again, and, and these deserved. guys are seeing that. Yeah. So these guys are seeing that, and um, you know, Metcalf's twenty four, uh, Schultz is twenty five. Uh, what's Debo? Debo's twenty six. So these guys are coming into the prime. So they're wanting their coin. Very good. All right, that is headlines, and we're coming right back with the things we're looking forward to in twenty twenty two. All right, boys, positivity episode. This is all about the things that we cannot wait to see in the 2022 NFL season. I haven't checked lately, but I think it's only 75, 80 days away now from some football action. So, um, yeah, we'll be getting and, and that's to, to kick off, I think. So preseason must be even closer. Yeah, so preseason mid-August. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Three so. preseason games and then I think the first week is September 9, 10, somewhere around there. Yeah, that sounds wrong, about right. So we're getting closer. All right, so... Uh, Three things each that we're looking forward to in 2022. I'm going to kick us off. And we've spoken a fair bit about the uh, about last year's QB class, the 2021 quarterback class, and how you know Davis Mills was surprisingly good. Mac Jones had a good year, but the rest didn't go to plan. What I'm looking forward to this year is them maturing and showing everyone that they are talented, that they have got what it takes. Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Trey Lance will get his opportunity ahead of Jimmy G. It's not that they're not talented. We know that they can play. College, they were all stars. They're drafted high for a reason. I'm putting on my positive I'm putting my positive spin on this and they're all going to have a good year and I can't wait to see what they can do. Oh. Lawrence in particular, I think he's going to step up a long way. Well, you know what, Kurt? 
I had that down as one of my. Did you really? And I thought about it and I thought, no, the other guys will talk about it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I was like, I'm looking forward because we've followed it quite closely and mm. there are a lot of, you know, just second year quarterbacks now, even third year, like look at Jones and that, that kind of thing. Um, that there is, you know, it's going to be quite exciting little period in the NFL. Because we're so tempted in the NFL in particular, like you're so obsessed with a new shiny toy. So now yeah. we're talking about all these new, oh, Kenny Pickett, what's it going to be like? Well, let's not forget the ones from last year immediately. Exactly. Let's give them another year to blossom. And development I'm sure they do some development is exciting. So, But anyway, I do have three others that I can chime in with. All right, well, what's your first one? Hulk? My first one is I'm looking forward to this podcast. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Damn you. Uh, you've got a <laughs> <laughs> Really? In-season podcast. That's, oh, I'm excited nice. for the in-season podcast. <laughs> exactly good. what I've written. Um, so, yeah, no, we've obviously we've covered off on a lot of off-season drama and you know, pre-season hype, but um, come the season starting, I think it's going to be – it will be very exciting, especially – I'm really looking forward to doing some fantasy stuff as well yep. uh, once the season starts because that will take – I feel like you know, it's obviously a very popular game, so – well, that, that was the other thing I meant to mention for the last week. We also got cursed by an island. Yeah, we got cursed <laughs> so by a that's why we're doing this episode, just to try and lift the mood around here. <laughs> Hopefully um, lift the curse. But yeah, my first one was that I am excited for the uh, podcast and it sounds like Doss is as well. But Curtis obviously isn't Doss. Oh, well. Mm. Yeah. Didn't have any in his top three. I do a lot more work leader. than you guys, so it's quite a burden. <laughs> <laughs> Doss? Well, apart from a Cowboys capitulation, and that, <laughs> no, 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 I won't. No, I, I, won't. I will leave that for when the season starts. That's going to be fun to talk about. No, we, you'll have plenty of time in week seven to week eighteen to talk about them capitulating. Well, us. yeah, be happening <laughs> earlier than that. No, we'll, we won't talk uh, too much about that. But what uh, a uh, the AFC West is what I'm really looking yep. forward to seeing. So it's the most intriguing and competitive division in the NFL. All teams have got very good quarterbacks, and each of those divisional battles. Um, Week, week by week you're going to be fantastic to see. There's going to be some high-powered offensive games there mm. when you look at Mahomes versus uh, Herbert. Uh, then you've got, uh, you know, Wilson now thrown into the mix there. All of those games, there won't be defensive slogs at all. They're going to be uh, high-powered offensive games. So I'm looking forward to seeing some, uh, you know, QBs. And if you're looking from a fantasy point of view with QBs putting up, you know, four or five touchdowns in those games. So, All right. I am looking forward to seeing my new favourite personality, Kayvon Thibodeau, the Ooh. defensive end for, for the Giants, perform for them off the edge. I think he's going to be a superstar. But what I love about him, and I've mentioned this before, is his charisma, his uniqueness, his confidence, his intelligence. I don't know if you guys have heard him interviewed or heard him speak, but he is an entertaining fella, incredibly smart. He's a businessman. He, he does so much stuff off field. Um, and he's still a young guy, you know, early 20s. He's not just focused on football. He loves it and he's committed to it, but he's got other interests in his life too. And for him, it seems to complement his character and his personality. And I reckon when he gets on field, he's going to be ready and he's going to perform. So if we, uh, if we talk about dream guests on the podcast, Ooh. like he's Ooh. right, right up there. That would be I would huge. love to get him on. Well, you better ping him on Insta then and... Ask Phil. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'm just ask Phil. Already slid into it. No, I haven't. Let, him, let him know that we do have 300 followers or thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking. This is aspirational. Kind of a big deal at the moment. <laughs> hey, man. We've got. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not going to give away who our next guest is. We've got the Jamison Sheen interview coming up on Friday, yes. but we have another one lined up in a few weeks, and that is, it's a pretty big guest. Anyway. Anyway. Holy. Uh, I'm interested to see what Doss's third um, little point is that he's looking forward to because my second point is very similar to his except I'm looking forward to the AFC East battle this Ooh, year. Okay. Um, yep. I just mainly because I'm a Patriots supporter. Uh, but you know Buffalo is strong, Miami is strong, Pats, you know, Pete, you know we're kind of riding them off a little bit, but I still think there's something there. Mm-hmm. Do they have an uh, offensive coordinator yet? Oh, I'm not sure. Mate. I don't think they do. They do. Need, do they has, need one? Has Bill got another son? <laughs> Does Bill have another son? <laughs> Um, and obviously the New York Jets. I mean, they'll they'll they're not going to compete with those three, but I think they can definitely cause an upset or two and, mm. and cause a little bit of a problem within that division. Um, so yeah, I'm quite interested to see how that pans out for the rest of the year because I know Buffalo, Miami, and the Patriots are all will all be quite disappointed if they don't make playoffs, especially. Buffalo and Buffalo and Miami obviously recruited so hard. So I like that. It's gone from what was a pretty boring yeah. one-way division to something that's a bit so you, more intriguing. You could, look at that, you could look at that in terms of I wouldn't be surprised if any of those three were to win yeah. the division and especially in the next four or five years. I know we've covered off on it before, but the next four or five years, you know, New York Jets can easily um, get into that you know, competitive nature as well. Like it. Doss. 
I'm actually sticking with the AFC theme uh, again here, purely because the AFC is so much, so much stronger than the NFC. The AFC North, um, and I wanted to focus a bit more on Baltimore here with Lamar Jackson. We, we spoke about him last week, but he's coming into the last year of his rookie contract with a lot to prove. The Ravens had an excellent draft. Um, they traded out Marquise Brown uh, and now their 2021 pick, uh, Rashad Bateman, is their number one wideout. A lot of buzz on Bateman. Yeah. So, you know, I, and I think with Lamar in this last year, his contract could lift um, Bateman as well. I think they'll um, they'll be a lot better. And then when you look at the, the competitiveness, so, you know, Cincinnati won the division on, on 10 and 7, you know, last year, mm. which was only uh, a game ahead of, Pittsburgh because they had a tie. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh will, will drop off a bit, but it's still intriguing to see what they do there with, with with the quarterback situation. And then you've got Cleveland, which is still the unknown. So unknown. Because I don't think Watson will play this season, by the way. What um, happens if they stuffed up and they've given up everything for Deshaun Watson and then he just can't, he can't play? Like it's, and like you said, did Houston maybe know something before they traded him? If we're talking positivity, Houston have <laughs> nailed it. I mean, even just to get – and look, it's a heavy issue. Let's not get into it on this episode. But just to get that whole thing off of your books and have three oh, future yeah. dra- first-round draft picks, yep. massive. I mean, Huge. I think Cleveland suspect that he's not going to be – I mean, they're paying Watson $1 million this season out of his yep. $239 million contract. Well, he's so obviously I there think, long term. It's not yeah, worried about this year, but that's the thing. No, but I think the Browns are thinking – we're probably not going to have him for right. this year. And if we do, we're not going to have him for a lot of this what season. What if Baker takes them all the way through the well, playoffs and, then and we don't know, does really well? We don't know what's happening. with Because the rest of the team is is quite okay. good. Yeah, mm. You know, they were 8-9 last year. If either Baker or uh, Watson, if they play most of the season, they'll be better than an 8-9 team. So what if Watson team, doesn't so. play and then Baker takes them 13-4 and four and all of a sudden... Well, they'll win the division if they go What What will happen then is someone will trade something fairly decent for Baker at mm. the end of the year. Yeah. So that would also be a good outcome for the Browns. Oh, yeah. If Baker performed because no one's giving them it. Anyway, sorry. I'm just looking forward to seeing how that whole dynamic in the AFC North goes. Because as I mentioned, a couple, Cincinnati have a very tough schedule, which as they should, you know, playing in the Super Bowl last year. So it's not going to be easy uh, for them this year either. So it's an interesting one. All right. I'm looking forward to the injury comebacks. Hmm. There's, there are quite a few players and really good players, exciting ones to watch, who were significantly injured last year. Robert Woods did the ACL, missed the Super Bowl. Chris Godwin, ACL. Yep. Odell Beckham did it in the Super Bowl. Jameis Winston, we've seen him on his road back to recovery. And then guys like Travis Etienne, running back, first rounder, or first, second rounder, um, missed the whole first year, didn't play at all, foot injury. James Robinson, his teammate, other running back, did, the, did his Achilles towards the end of the year. Derek Henry was injured for a big chunk of it. Christian McCaffrey hasn't been able to get on the park properly for the last two years. J.K. Dobbins missed a whole season. Michael Thomas, wide receiver for the Saints. A lot of big names and great players to watch. Did we mention my boy Cam Akers? And Cam Akers. Well, he came back. I mean, he came back at the playoffs, so he didn't look very good. <laughs> he, he, did. he was slow. <laughs> he looks so like that's why we're looking forward to him coming back this year now. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's write that off. I mean, he fumbled his way. He literally fumbled his way to a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but, yeah, all those guys. I mean, it's, it's great to see, well, hopefully all of them back and playing some good football. So big names and we want them out on the park. Holy. Uh, my third one was... The development out at Green Bay and watching Jordan Love take over as the starting quarterback. (laughs) (laughs) I turned it into a positive little statement. Very good. (laughs) No, I actually, I didn't have that on there, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, I'd mentioned him last week and it's Saquon Barkley. It's similar to your injury, um, your injury comebacks. I know he obviously played last year, but I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do now in his second year back from his knee. We talked about it last week, so I won't go too hard on it, but... I'm really looking forward, and I hope for his sake as well, because um, you hate to see a player of so, such a talented player yeah. do a knee, and then that's the career. And he's 25. Right? He's I mean, tw- I mean exactly running right. backs only most of them have a shelf life to what 27, 28. An elite shelf life, yeah. Unless you're Frank Gore, just keeps. Yeah, you know, isn't like the longest running, you mean? To yeah. 20, yeah. So really, he's got a couple of years to make it happen again. Yeah, right? so exactly right. And that's why crossed. I'm hoping that this year, for his sake and my sake, because I'm going to go hard in the drafts, fantasy drafts on him. Um, nice. That he does have have a good year. Very good. I'm looking forward to seeing what team or what new team steps up into the uh, playoffs and, and yeah, has a deep that. run. Yep. So that's last exciting. year, that's always exciting. Last year it was Cincinnati, you know, ten and seven. This year could it be a Philly? You know, they were nine and eight last mm. year. Uh, made a pl- lost to Tampa and 
the wild card. Round. Yeah, you know, and then or could it be an LA Chargers, which you know I've picked them to win the division. They were nine and eight last year. Could yep. they have a deep run? Indianapolis with with Matt Ryan, and we know Jonathan Taylor will be better. Michael Pittman, they were nine and eight last year as well. So yeah, some good teams hovering around that. Just a, and then yeah. and as Hawley mentioned with the AFC East earlier, with with Miami, they were nine and eight last year too, and with the weapons they've picked up. So. I'll be interested to see what what of those teams, if any, can you know get to a oh, twelve and five, thirteen and four sort of situation, and maybe win a division, and you know for the first time in a long time, and have a, a deep run in the playoffs. Love that, Doss. It's a great, it's a great call. It's actually it's similar to Nug Nug and Donners. Uh, Chris from Melbourne, who's Donners, yeah, he was our guest in the fantasy episode that got wiped. And Nugget, as we all know and love, they sent in the things they're looking forward to. Nugget, he's a Houston fan, obviously. Um, so he's but, not looking forward to much. Then, <laughs> <laughs> well, what he says, nah, he's looking forward to the college football season. <laughs> a scout who's <laughs> Bryce Young. <laughs> well, he says he's got you know every se- every new season, and this is true, brings new hope for a team that's not been historically. Great, particularly in the last few years. So he's got new hope. They've got a new coach, relatively new GM, got some draft picks up their sleeves and they've made some picks that he's looking forward to watching. Wants to see how that all comes together. Plus, and he loves Davis Mills. We know that. He signs off his emails now as the number one Davis Mills fan. <laughs> <laughs> but he wants to see, and, and he's genuine in this, whether Mills is good enough and makes any more of a leap to become possibly a franchise quarterback. It's fair to ask the question now, could he be the guy? So I think this year will show us yes or no. Uh, Chris is looking forward to going to the States and he's Oof. going to see two games. Uh, one at SoFi, he's going to see the Rams and someone, I can't remember who they're playing, and he's going to Mile High and he's going to see Russell Wilson's Denver Broncos play the New York Jets, which is huge. Yeah, that's so exciting. That's what they're looking forward to. Was he seeing to. Rams in 49ers, I thought he said. I could be wrong. I thought he mentioned that. If so, that is enormous. Yeah, I think it was. NFC Championship Game Rematch. All right, very good. We're going to be back with the LA Rams and their salary cap. We mentioned it in the headlines. Uh, Two big re-signings in the last week or so for the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup, the star of last year, the breakout star of last year, um, setting all sorts of records in the wide receiver position. And Aaron Donald, the generation generational defender um, who got his Super Bowl ring after um, you know a couple of years of coming close. He's re-signed when there was some doubt about whether he would. He was toying with the idea of retirement, but oh, he's back. Negotiation tactic. Yeah, well, well very true. <laughs> and Matt Stafford also re-signed, um, extended earlier in the off-season. So... The question, Doss, is mm. how does a team in a, in a league that has a salary cap, how does a team re-sign well. for greater money these absolute superstars? There's three superstars in three very, very important positions. How have the Rams done it? How does this work in with the <laughs> quote-unquote salary cap? So the short answer is really they're really good at manoeuvring the salary cap and figuring out the best ways to move money around so they don't strap themselves uh, financially in a single year. So this season or this off season alone, you mentioned, so Stafford, they brought in Alan Robertson, they brought in Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald re-signed and Cooper Cup re-signed. So the total mm-hmm. value of those contracts is $431.5 million, which is a massive amount of money for just five players, okay? So when it comes to guaranteed money, that's about $310 million, but that's not guaranteed at signing. So that's the important part. In the NFL salary cap, there is a loophole, okay, which, you know, teams use. And so for cap purposes, signing bonuses are prorated over the life of the contract. So when you, when you talk about 100, you know, let, let's take um, Aaron Donald's deal, for instance. Yep. So the Rams are giving him $95 million over three years, but there's actually five years on his contract. The final two years in 2025 and 26 are basically what they call void years, which means they're essentially dummy years where Donald isn't going to be on the roster, but the Rams will still be paying him. Okay. And so they do that to spread the cost over a longer Correct. period so that it doesn't hurt them so much in this first Not years? in the short term. So right. that's why when you look at, say, Donald's contract, Cup's contract, um, Stafford's as well, so for Donald, you'll see a $23.3 million cap hit in 2025 yep. despite his contract actually expiring after the 2024 season. So they'll be paying him $23.3 million to not be on the <laughs> team in that year. Um, but that's what made it possible for them to re-sign Aaron Donald for this season. 
Okay, so... Uh, so to keep that short, basically it's increasing your ability in the short term, uh, sorry, your flexibility in the short term, but it limits your flexibility in the long term with dead money because okay. you do eventually have to pay those bills or you can try and trade a contract to a team that's will accept a dead money contract that's also you know, rebuilding. Great explanation. And I think that tactic, I mean, it's used by all NFL teams, but it's particularly pertinent in the LA Rams example. It is. Because yeah. Rams and the Cowboys have been two teams because of the wealth of their owners are willing to do it. Teams, uh, now there are, all the owners are wealthy, but, you know, there's other teams that prefer the pay-as-you-go strategy, which New England have done for a long time. Green Bay have done it for a long time as well, where they'll pay basically season-to-season season sort of the cash up front, not prorated over the course of a long signing bonus over, say, five years. And and um, more specifically in the Rams case, their tactic last year was let's get superstars in the building, Correct. let's win now and give ourselves the best current roster, consequences be damned. Let's Correct. Let another GM and coach in 10 years worry about Forget about 2024, 25, 26, <clears throat> if we win another Super Bowl this year. so And it, let, and it worked. They won the Super Bowl. Correct. And, and so let's look at Stafford's contract, which you also mentioned. That is heavily back back-end loaded because he signed with a $60 million signing bonus. So that's, that gets prorated over the five years. So the Rams spread the money out instead of counting most of it on the cap for this coming season. His cap hit this year is only $13.5 million. So, and then it rises to $20 million in 23 and $50 million in each of his final three years. Crazy. So, so Hawley, if you were Sean McVay or GM <laughs> Les Snead or... It, this is what I would do if I was them. Uh, I'd take the two, three years of upcoming success with a loaded <laughs> roster and then just leg it and let the next guys just take just care of the bills. <laughs> and pray like anything that they do have a little bit of success in the next couple of years because if this all goes pear-shaped, if they, do, if they don't make the Super Bowls or they're not winning games, yeah. then they've spent all this money and then they've really hurt the franchise. Well, it'll, and it'll, it'll, it'll put them back for a, a decade, right? But, I mean, they've already won a Super Bowl, so you can already exactly. sort of justify this tactic yep. and they may as well double down while they're at it. And team, teams do that, so it, it's not uncommon. Uh, it, it's more prevalent amongst the teams with wealthier owners like the Jerry Jones, you know, with the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, uh, Stan Kroenke, who I think is the owner of the of the Rams, who actually is the brother-in-law of the new owner of the Denver Broncos that you spoke about earlier, which I didn't realize. Imagine their Christmases. What gifts? <laughs> gifts. So I'm looking. I'm looking at their next year, um, their salary for next year, and they're already two point five million dollars over over the cap. Yeah, over the cap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that then they start this, and we talked about it like in our very early episodes. I think the Saints were eighty million over the salary cap at one point, which is a mind-boggling figure. Well, but then lose, they restructure. You, you lose, they restructure. Draft, and you lose yeah. draft picks if you don't. Yeah, but they always do this thing. Oh, all of a sudden, in the last week before the salary cap deadline, they've restructured eighty million dollars. Like, how do how does a team just shuffle that around? They push money out. Um, as I mentioned, they start proratering, you know, contracts, back-ending contracts. But the, these bills have to fall due at some point, They do fall right? due. So that's why the strategy that New England and, yeah. say, like a Green Bay operate with, uh, 49ers have done it traditionally as well, which is more of that pay-as-you-go strategy mm. and not having – because you do have to pay it eventually. Now, if any of these players, by the way, you know, get upset or want to leave or yep. get the you-know-whats on uh, – that uh, the money that then accelerates, you have to pay it off quicker. So it actually, if you're in, in a situation of the Rams or the contract, it actually accelerates how quick you have to pay that off. So, and it also makes them a lot harder to trade because correct. teams are unwilling to take on that burden of the salary cap. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Atlanta. I think Atlanta this year's got the most amount of dead money on their book, something like yeah, over sixty or million dollars. Where their roster is, that's yeah. Nuts, so they've basically it? just taken on, and they're just basically playing, paying, sorry, for players that are not on their roster. Anymore. Well, Julio last year was still making yeah. over twenty million. I think he was the highest paid, wasn't second, he? Wide I receiver, think he was second, second highest paid wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. and I assume Matt Ryan. And it, same with Matt Ryan. Yeah. 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 Um, just before we wrap this up, and great explanation, Doss. Great work on that, um, Hawley, Your front office football eight tactic. I'm gonna say you're a real sort of <laughs> backloader of contracts. You want success now. You're not doing this pay-as-you-go sort of tactic. Well, is that thing, right? The thing with front office football <laughs> is every year the salary cap just rises by 10 or $12 million ah. and because – and that's so, the other thing with the LVC you can explain that. And, that. and that's the other thing that comes into play. So the Rams with, with the CBA going up as it, as it does and the salary cap – it went backwards with COVID but yes. then it sh- 
skyrocketed up. So then they're anticipating uh, – the NBA do this as well, by the way. This is not just limited to the NFL – um, that the salary cap is going to go up 10 to 15 mil each year to allow for some of these increases. So the total too. salary cap at the moment is what, 228 or 230? I think it's 205 million. I did note it down. It, it dropped to 180 and then it went back up to 190. Um, so, oh, well, my, my front office football. I was going to say, we didn't get the answer. Yeah, yeah. total salary cap uh, in front of football at the moment, I've just hit $400 million. So. <laughs> Inflation. <laughs> what year are you in that? 2015. 55 or something. Yeah, I've played like ah. 30 years. Yeah. We should do a whole episode on how you've managed every year. I'm, I would happily do that. I would run you through every year and every success. Maybe we can put that one behind a paywall with the real dedicated fans. <laughs> well, I don't know if I meant... I think I mentioned to you, I fired my whole coaching panel a couple of weeks ago. Scenes. Scenes. Yeah, it, it was crazy. I won the Super Bowl the next year. That's huge. Mm, it That's was, huge. You clear out. I, I fist pumped and mum told me off. She said, it's a, it's a computer game, Chris. Stop it. <laughs> just... Just read, read a book or something. <laughs> she really said it. Yeah, she did. <laughs> I love Josie. She's the best. All right, wrap us up. So, for the, up. For, so back to the salary cap quickly. So for 2020, the number was 198 million. And then uh, obviously 2021, it dropped because of COVID to 182.5. Now that's the salary cap for the each team. Um, for this season coming up, it's 208 million. So it actually jumped 26 million. Um, As a recorrection after COVID. Very good. Okay, Doss, we're going to be back with the players we love watching and why. We're going to keep this positivity train rolling. Hawley, kick us off with some players you love watching and why. And look, we know there are dozens and dozens of players we all love, but who just jumped into your mind when we asked this Well, question? he's not actually a player anymore and I'm not watching him. I'm listening to him and that's Tony Romo. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. I just love it when, when he's like, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. And you're like, yeah, right, whatever. And then it happens. Yeah. He just picks it. And yep. it's just, it's so clever. And I'm sure there are a number of ex-NFL players that can do the same thing, but he's been given the opportunity to do it on live television and he, he nails it. And I just love listening to him. And I know... Uh, Nugget loves listening to it as well, just to give him another mention. It's a great call out because mm. this has been a very Nugget heavy episode, by the way. <laughs> um, I love Romo too. He's my he's one of my absolute favourites in the booth. He's the best colour commentator in my opinion. And the way that he gets excited about it too, yeah. you can tell he yeah. just loves it. He's yeah. loving it. And he's I love so, it. He's so passionate about it. Yeah. He, want, he wants to explain it to you. He, want, he wants to explain NFL to the listener, which is... A good way to comment. Will we see the same insight when TB12 yeah. joins the uh, well, we hope on so. his two hundred million dollar <laughs> no, no screen tests contract on no sort of you know testing or yeah. no, no one knows what he's going to be like behind the mic. So when that does happen, I'll be interested. To Wouldn't see mind seeing a Romo Brady commentating together. Just to well, see what pops up. There. What, just oh. So Romo can save it. <laughs> so Romo can save it. Wait and see. Good call, Holly Doss. Who you got? I'm looking forward to seeing Devontae Adams this year and cool. to see how he goes um, in the Raiders uniform. And big of you to say that too. After yeah, leaving no, I like Devontae Adams. It's not – it's Aaron Rodgers' fault that he left really. So um, as you see some of the uh, comments that it, Devontae Adams made over I the did. last few days. Yeah, yeah. I mean well, he has to say that about Derek Carr. He's not going to yeah. say, oh, no, Derek Carr's no good. Like, yeah. I mean I'm, but, I'm not sure I believe uh, Devontae that Derek yeah. Carr is quite Aaron Rodgers. But he did he did say that, you know, the fact that Aaron probably only has – well, you alluded to it. He only has a couple of years left. Yep. He wants a long run at success. So that was – Played a part in him, and the and the drama that, and we yeah. I think we spoke about it in one of our first episodes the drama of not not and the uncertainty particularly over the last two years in the off season. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Devontae Adams goes uh, in the in the AFC West. There, uh, I think he'll go well because I like him. Uh, honorable mention to Tyron Matthew. I think he, he, you know, safety is not the most glamorous position, but he is a beast. He's aggressive. He's got attitude. Uh, he put. He gave a number of good years of service to the Chiefs, so sad to see him go, but I think he'll do well in um, a New Orleans team that might be a little better than some of us are giving be right. them credit for. Um, They'll be, be good this year. They're getting Michael Thomas back and they've, yeah, they've, signed, some, they've, you know, they've signed some pieces in the off-season. So. Uh, but the one that did make the list, and I dare say it's the only kicker on the list, but I love giving kickers some pop, Evan McPherson, Cincinnati Bengals. He was a rookie last year. Uh, what I love watching is someone who's thrust into a situation and despite pressure just thrives straight away. So he was obviously part of that team that went all the way to the Super Bowl. He hardly missed in the back end of the year. I think he was perfect through playoffs. 
and he brings a lot of swagger. What I loved was that at halftime of the Super Bowl, he just sat out on the sideline and watched the, the halftime show and just chewed out in the middle of the biggest game of his life. Um, he Look, jury's out as to whether he's the new Justin Tucker talent-wise, uh, but as far as coolness and, you know, making the position sexy again, uh, he brings a bit to it. So love Evan McPherson. Holy. Well, it's interesting you mentioned a kicker because I went with Matt Eraser, the punt god. <laughs> I think, yeah, I've got I think, a kicker and a punter on this list. <laughs> I think we mentioned him in the draft yeah, that he did. slipped because his nickname is the Punt God, and he was the third kicker taken, uh, third punt ta- <laughs> punter taken. But I'm just interested to see how he goes if he does live up to his reputation of being a punt god. Well, and speaking of punters, um, it's almost like this is a setup, but it's not. We do have a punter being interviewed on the show on Friday, Jamison Sheen, and he tells us all about what scouts and coaches look for in a okay. good punter. So here's some insight. Well, they have to be. I suppose they need to be an elite holder as well, to a degree. We, we also talk about we that? We talk about that. There yeah, we go. do. All right, beautiful. Nice setup, Holy. Well Thank done. Thank you. I haven't listened to the interview yet, so that was completely no, off the cuff. That, that was organic. <laughs> Doss? I am looking forward, um, player-wise, um, this season, I, I am looking forward to seeing how Justin Herbert goes. Um, he... He's sucking up here. After no, that well, no, no. I, <laughs> I had him at no, – we didn't re- record that last week, our fantasy short thing. Well, you lost it. I due didn't. To technical, Let's not argue. Te- this is te- <laughs> due to your technical thing. Correct. I had him as my fantasy sh- uh, sure thing to have a massive year mm. this year. I think he will. And, uh, I, I, you know, purely because he came up through the Oregon Ducks and I love love watching Oregon and – have that, and I've followed him basically from his, his college days all the way through now to the um, NFL, and so I just look forward to seeing how he goes year on year. And I think this year will have a, an awesome year for the Chargers, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. All right, player I love watching kept it very very simple, Patrick Mahomes. I love watching him because in my mind he's the most exciting quarterback to watch. Uh, he has the ability to make any throw in the book, and as a Chiefs fan. He always gives you the impression that you're in the game. Even if things aren't going well, you feel like it can turn because you have Mahomes on your side. So I've loved watching the last four years. Uh, it's such a predictable one. But, I mean, how can we go past a guy who has, you know, in his first full year as a quarterback through 50 touchdowns and has done some things that we haven't seen for a long, long time? Doesn't have Hill this year, obviously, but I have full faith that he can still be Mahomes. And he wasn't at his very best last year and he was still... They're still very good. The fifth Mm. quarterback, fifth best quarterback performance across Mm. the year. Um, So I love watching Pat. And the great thing is we have another 10, 12 or so years of him. He's still very, very young. So, Well, well, on quarterback, so the one thing that is probably a little bit boring that I'm looking forward to is just seeing how Rodgers and Brady go because they they were the top two quarterbacks in the league last year. And they shouldn't have been because they're old. They should be done. And Brady obviously retired. So I'm, I'm really interested and looking forward to seeing how they go this year, if they can continue that um, that success and, you know, just, just to still be in that top three tier of quarterback because Peyton Manning was there and then he just completely fell off the cliff. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't happen to Rodgers and Brady. Um, it'd be nice to see them retire on top, but it will be interesting, interesting to see how long they can hold it off. And do you know what Tom's little mini retirement did for all of us? It made us sit up and appreciate the fact yeah. that we do get to see him again. We maybe took it for granted a bit that he would be around forever. Maybe and we realised last year he is human and he can retire. We <laughs> failed to believe it, but he can retire. So now this could well be the last year. I think, well, I certainly am going to pay more attention to him because I'm going to savour his last one or two years left in the league. Was that your uh, players you love watching or have you got one more? No, that's it. That's all. That's all Doss. Last one. Well, I love uh, a good running back and elite running backs, and particularly I love watching Jonathan Taylor. And I think he was elite last year. And I hope he, and I think you'll be elite again this year. I think you'll be even better. Um, and I, yeah, for Indy, I, I think that, you know, they'll, uh, they'll have a much better year this year with, with Ryan there. But Jonathan Taylor, just watching him, pumped out, I think, 1,600 yards or something last year off the top of my head. I, I can't remember. So, it's getting up there towards uh, Adrian Peterson's uh, number that he set back in. Well, I can't remember the year off the top of my head. 12, do, do, does Taylor 12. does Taylor stand out to you as the guy that will be able to sustain this for the next three four years and like be the guy, the running back? I think so. Yeah, I, I can't see why he why he wouldn't. He's he's been pretty good. The, mind you, people probably said that about McCaffrey until he started getting injured too. So. Yeah, well, injuries aside, though, McCaffrey is a special 
Yeah. Talent. Oh, I hope he comes back this year, by the way, as well. I hope he has a, a breakout year for – and we actually get to see him on the field. That'd be great. Uh, you know, from, from a running back side of things. So, uh, Jonathan Taylor, I'm looking forward to seeing him going beast mode this year. All right, we got, uh, again, Chris from Melbourne and Nugget have written in uh, about the players they love watching the most. Uh, Chris, he's followed Gronk through his whole career, uh, loves everything about the guy on and off-field, great personality. Uh, he's got a massive man crush on Jalen Hurts, um, and Chris is a huge fantasy player too. That's why we had him on that cursed uh, fantasy show, and Hurts has been very, very good for him. He got on the train early. Um, Derek Henry, he loves, he's a beast. Debo for his versatility. As a Swiss Army knife sort of player. He mentions a couple of retired personalities that he misses. Rex Ryan, uh, the ex-Jets <laughs> and Bills coach. He loved uh, the retired entertainers, he calls them. Uh, and the referee, Ed Hoculi. He liked him as well uh, for a bit of, uh, bit, of, bit of kick from the refereeing side of things. Um, Nugget, he says, apart from the 7A graders from last week, he, <laughs> he loves watching Cup, um, you know, route running ability, uh, ability to get open when he's double teamed, just extraordinary. And he also mentions Derek Henry simply because he runs through players and uh, puts them on yeah. their backsides, I'll I, say. And I think we love seeing, you know, I didn't mention Henry before, any sort of running back that's just <laughs> dominant, just dominant, yeah. just breaking through, you yeah. know, guys that are, you know, 300 pounds with ease, you know, Burst 350 pounds and just... <laughs> well, because there's nothing more there's nothing more exciting in the moment than you're seeing a player burst through the pack and he's out. And he's, he's out, outside, yeah. He's gone. And yeah. Derek Henry is the best in the in the league at that. So um, thank you, gents, for getting in touch. That's that's the show for today, boys. Um, I was <laughs> I was actually at the start of the show because it was the positivity episode. I was going to ask us each to say something nice about each other, <laughs> <laughs> but you guys sort of did it organically. You uh, you said that you're looking forward to the show uh, yeah, over really the next right. little while, and clearly that's a good thing because it shows you're enjoying doing it. And Doss, you know, you were you were great today. Your research on the salary cap was just beautifully explained. I think yeah, we needed this. Tried not to get into the weeds too much for some of our listeners because you can with salary cap stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I think you nailed it. Um, but I think we needed this, boys. How do you feel? Hello? I really enjoyed the episode. Yeah? Yeah, it was one of my favourite episodes. Oh, I'm glad. As it should be. It's a positive episode. So That's right. Yeah. yeah. be yeah. disappointed if I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As I mentioned a couple of times uh, in this episode, coming up on Friday, we have University of California punter uh, and a friend of mine, Jamison Sheehan, I'm going one-on-one with him in an interview and we'll find all about his college career so far and his journey hopefully towards the NFL. Then, boys, we're going to take a little bit of a break from Friday Friday shows just for four or five weeks. We're still going to pump out the Tuesday show and they're going to be jam-packed full of good content. But uh, until we get a little closer to games, we're just going to do the one show a week. So... um, that ensures we're going to be fresh when games start and we're going to be ready to go. Well, 87 days. Till kickoff. 87 days until wow. the uh, Bills-Rams season opener. Yeah, Are you huge. nervous that you're sitting at QB3 and we're within? Well, 87 days out. Yeah. Nah. It's getting close Still only OTAs. I mean, Kenny Pickett was, was this training is, with a third team. This is, this, is, this is just June. You know, I got a little, little taste of it delivered. Not sure I deserve to be dropped. But anyway, I accept the, I accept the criticism and I'll, uh, you know, you learn from it, move on. Get better with growth. All right. Well done, gents. Great seeing you, Matt. Great seeing you in the flesh. Thanks, fellas. It was good to be back. By the, by the way, yes. what is happening with the USFL? Because I have not – because unless you bring it up, I do not look at it <laughs> actually, or pay I any attention. I actually forgot it existed. Or what's happening with it? Because I think I've the season a couple of weeks. I think they're in week eight of ten. Hold they're on. getting close to playoffs. I know that. I'll grab the standings. Generals, eight and one, fellas. Yeah. Woo! Well, your boys. Yeah, my what boys. about my stallions? Eight and one. Yes. Oh, they lost one. Yeah, they've lost one. Oh. Um, Doss, who are I you? I think the uh, Michigan Panthers are struggling a bit. Uh, do <laughs> I don't. Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> I don't know. What are it's they? Two the, op- and the opposite of ours. So one and eight. <laughs> They're one and eight. So oh, wow. the North Division has have the Generals and Stars at eight and one and six and three, and the Panthers and Maulers at one and eight. There you go. So, and I'm pretty sure that win for Michigan was against the Maulers. So who are the Maulers knocked off? Probably Michigan. Probably Michigan in the reverse fixture. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well done, gentlemen. We will... Well, you're not in the Friday episode. It's just me and Jamison and Sheehan. So we'll see you Looking all... Looking forward to listening to that. ...next week. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Beautiful. Thanks, fellas. See you next week. Thanks, guys. See you, boys. Goodness, the bear.
their season's going to end on a double doink. Hey, I'm just here so I won't get fired. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Like if you've been working on for for like four days and that's all you get and the going gets tough, if it's that tough, just quit. As he shoots the moon to the fans here in Green Bay. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Hey, you better make more with your time. You only got three more minutes. Um, Holy, as we know, tonight... Uh, at 9pm is the deadline yes. for our roster cuts yes, for us, our fantasy league. Um, so playing Dynasty and we need to get our rosters down to 30 by 9pm. I've got 31 players. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to do is give you two players for one of your players in return. Here is come, there anything here we comes can get? Salary You're dump. a spot here, aren't you? <laughs> salary I dump. have another option. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm getting a draft pick back for a pretty nothing player from okay. someone else if this doesn't work. So yeah, is there anything sure. we could... What can we do? <laughs> Look, mate, I've mentioned plenty of times before that I'm interested in Davis Mills. Yeah. I'm interested in Stefan Diggs. I'm happy to part with Carr and a draft pick. Yeah. Dear, dear, and we did agree on a trade, thing. which was that exact... Format. Who keeps reneging on trades? Is that Kurt? Yeah, QB two over here. It was mm. only the one, and I didn't. As we discussed, I didn't renege. I, I. Oh, the ones asked, that you blatantly don't question, reply yeah, to. What do you think of this? I said yes, I agree, and then just yeah, never heard I, back. Asked from for him. your opinion, I didn't say. I didn't, <laughs> oh, ask for my that's opinion. pretty ordinary from a, <laughs> from a, someone that wants to be a future GM. So, this <laughs> <laughs> who prides themselves on managing? Uh, you know. Managing franchises and playing these sorts of games. Oh, no, look, sometimes you, you got to really beat teeth in business. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's like if I went up to a, um, a you know, a vendor at a fruit stall and I said... At a fruit store? Fruit so, stall, yeah. Say the markets, store. right? Okay. And I said, um, you know, would you sell me a kilo of apples for three bucks? Not, at, goes, the yeah, moment, I would. not at the moment, mate. The and he goes, inflation well, costs and... Well, okay, <laughs> would you sell me that uh, kilo of lettuce for $12, right? <laughs> Asking that. No. And, and, he, and he goes, yeah, I would. I'm under no obligation to then buy it. We haven't agreed. I've asked the question and he's told me, yes, he would. And then I go away and go, hmm, do I want to do that? Do I want to follow through with it? I haven't said, I promise you I'll buy that lettuce if for $12. If you go back to him three agree. times and ask him if he can get the lettuce for $12 <laughs> and he says yes every time. I didn't that do it will, three times. That will annoy him that you're not buying the lettuce. <laughs> he doesn't want your business, mate. <laughs> he will He will eventually tell me to stop coming to his lettuce store, <laughs> won't he? He will stop replying to your text messages. <laughs>